When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Cliff Kingsbury is the offensive coordinator. Joe Witt Jr. is going to be the defensive coordinator for Dan Quinn, who will be announced formally today, 2.30 out in Ashburn. We will carry that press conference live. Ryan Abraham covers... The Trojans at uscfootball.com. He's also a Heisman voter. Uh, and Cliff Kingsbury was in L.A. this past season working with Lincoln Riley and working closely with Caleb Williams uh, during this past season, which was a bit of a disappointment, to say the least, for USC. But, hey, next year uh, they're in the Big Ten and they've got to travel all the way to CQ Stadium in College Park, Denton, for a big one. I'm sure they're concerned about that. How messed up, Ryan, is college sports now? I mean, SC's going to Maryland next year for a conference game. Just disgusts me. Yeah, we thought it was weird when, like, West Virginia joined the Big 12 and now, you know, Maybe Cal Stanford playing all along the Atlantic Coast Conference. Maybe that's the weirdest part. But, yeah, the trip back to Maryland, one of my writers is from the DMV area, so he's really excited. He went to Maryland, so he's really excited that uh, we get to go back for a trip uh, to take on the Terps. But it's it's really screwed up right now. Yeah. I mean, I went to Maryland, too, and when we jumped into the Big Ten, those first couple of years when we had Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State at home, it was exciting, but it was dominated by the opponent's fans uh, in the stadium. But anyway, uh, that's not why I called you. Um, by the way, I just realized SC opens Denton with LSU. I would imagine that's like a, a neutral field game. Imagine if that had been the opener last year, Daniels against Caleb Williams. It was Daniels against Jordan Travis, actually, um, in that uh, Sunday night opener. All right, uh, Ryan, as mentioned, uh, covers USC football for uscfootball.com you can follow ryan on twitter or on x at inside troy so let's just start with this washington's hired cliff kingsbury to be their offensive coordinator you had him for a year what do you think of him what what is washington getting yeah i think it was a good situation for him you know i mean it, it his rise to uh, become a head coach of the uh, you know arizona cardinals was interesting because he gets fired at Texas Tech, you know, they won a bunch of games. wasn't quite what they thought it would be. The offense was really exciting. You know, he's coached some great quarterbacks there. And then comes to USC, and after a month uh, working as the offensive coordinator under Clay Helton, he gets hired away by the Arizona Cardinals. So to, to get fired in college and then be a head coach in the NFL uh, was pretty strange, you know. And then he gets fired there, and Lincoln Riley brings him in. And I think he, he really did do a nice job helping Caleb Williams. You know, you're taking over the guy that already won the Heisman Trophy, but he had a couple uh, assistants that had left that were working with Caleb Williams. So they really needed someone in that quarterback room. And I think that's the voice that Cliff Kingsbury kind of took over and was able to be, you know, basically by Caleb Williams' side and, you know, help him out through difficult times. It was, it was certainly, a, it was tough for his first year with the defense playing, you know, as poorly as they did, but, uh, Caleb Williams was able to kind of persevere, and you know they won a bunch more games. They won 11 games. Last year was tougher. The defense got even worse, and uh, I think it made a lot. It put a lot of pressure on Caleb Williams. So I think Cliff Kingsbury was that kind of uh, calming voice of the room, just to kind of get him through things because it it was a lot tougher. And Caleb Williams doesn't like to lose, so uh, I think he's he really helped out there. And it's just interesting to see. I thought he was going to end up being the Raiders head coach. I mean, a Raiders offensive coordinator, and now he's out in Washington. Tell us about the relationship between Cliff Kingsbury and Caleb Williams this year. Yeah, I think it was one, and we even heard from like Miller Moss, his backup that played in the uh, the Holiday Bowl. Caleb Williams set that one out. All the quarterbacks we had heard from, it just seemed like 
he was a, a, a great presence for them. You know, someone that they've seen before, someone they know of, has won, uh, you know, as a college head coach, as an NFL head coach, to be like an analyst. And that's kind of, I guess, a unique aspect of college football. We saw, you know, uh, Nick Saban do that a lot in Alabama, where you bring in like Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian as analysts, where you know they're going to move on and have better jobs. And I think right. you just kind of relish, okay, we're going to get this guy who's going to be probably a head coach again someday. In our quarterback room, just kind of working with you know working with the guys. He's already getting paid by the Cardinals, so um, just kind of work there. So I think his I think it was a really good one. Just every time we heard from Caleb Williams or any other quarterbacks, he just was you know Lincoln Riley's an offensive genius, and you think of Kingsbury the same way. So just having kind of a little bit different voice, uh, different opinions in there, and it's kind of a different way to look at the the problems that they were facing. I think it helped all those quarterbacks. Um. I don't think I'm going to get you in trouble by asking you this because you may have disclosed it already. Um, and Caleb Williams wasn't a legitimate, you know, contender for the Heisman this year anyway. Who'd you vote for in your on your Heisman ballot? Yeah, I had uh, I actually put Penix first. So I had Michael Penix. I covered him out here. Uh, I had him number one, but I covered you know Jane Daniels before when he was at Arizona State. I had him too, uh, and then Bo Nix third. So yeah, we can disclose now. Um, but yeah, I, I thought Penix just what he was able to do and elevate that team. What you know, they you know, went went all the way to the national championship game. But I could see what you know, Daniels' numbers were ridiculous. Uh, but I, I feel like it was more of like a little bit of an SEC. Uh, it was like an SEC quarterback, so he's going to get the trophy. But I thought Penix deserved it. But you know, I, I don't have an issue with Daniels winning. We're talking to Ryan Abraham. He covers USC football uh, for uscfootball.com. I do want to ask you about the kind of offense you could see Cliff Kingsbury bringing back to the NFL. Obviously, he was a coach for for Arizona for a few years. But if Adam Peters, the new GM here in Washington, and I'm sure he will, goes to Cliff Kingsbury and says – you got Caleb Williams, you got Jaden Daniels, and you've got Drake May. Your preference is, what do you think his answer would be? I think just from working with Caleb Williams uh, as closely as he did, that's probably where he would go. I don't know for sure, but um, I think you could see some of that athleticism. Now, you know, with Jaden Daniels, he can run and he can throw. But I think Caleb Williams is the the most, like, finished product um, where you see some of the you know, interesting arm angles he's able to throw with, which reminds a lot of people of what Patrick Mahomes does. Uh, and it's not like he's, you know, he's not having like 100-yard games like Jaden Daniel was a lot of times just running the football, but it's the escapability. It's the, the pocket presence, just kind of having a feel for when things are breaking down around you. And unfortunately, Caleb Williams' offensive line this year wasn't very good, so it did break down quite a bit. I think seeing that up close for a year and knowing just like what kind of uh, special talent he can be. Um, I, I think he probably picked uh, Caleb Williams. He had his choice for those three guys. You know, it's interesting, Ryan, in thinking about Caleb's two years, um, but especially this year in watching SC this year, he and Jaden Daniels were essentially in the same position. They were on teams that were so horrifically awful on defense that it, 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 it mandated that they, you know, end up with 400, 500 yards of offense and 45 plus points just to be competitive. And I'm talking about in the games against competitive teams. I mean, those that look at Caleb Williams and say he didn't have as good a 2023 as he did a 2022, both teams were bad defensively, but this one was was particularly awful. For sure. I mean, when you like the LSU, like Ole Miss game, I mean. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot of stats. You know, uh, Jackson Dart and Jane Daniels are gonna get a lot of stats for that one because no one was playing any defense. So I think for USC, because they had got that, you know, 11 win season, uh, disappointing effort in the bowl game, and I think the, the expectations yeah. were that Caleb Williams could be the first guy to repeat as Heisman Trophy winner since Archie Griffin, and you know they they got in better players on defense, and you know Lincoln Riley decided to keep. Alex Grinch's defensive coordinator didn't make any changes on the staff and it was the wrong decision. I get why he did it, but it was numbers. They wanted to win these games and they started off through their last six. It just started to spiral. So yeah, there was that he needed a, a defense to, to help him out this year a little bit. You know, he couldn't just do everything on his own like he did the year before the offensive line got worse. So it made it a lot tougher and not having Jordan Addison, I think was a big deal too. He's, you know, he was tearing it up his first year with the Vikings. So, a lot of different factors, yeah, but both Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams uh, did not have great defenses to rely on. 
So what will the NFL people learn when all of the stuff that we don't know about as fans, but perhaps you know more so because you covered him so closely here the last few years, what is it going to reveal about Caleb Williams, the person, the leader, the character, all of that stuff that is as important as how talented he is? Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, obviously the talent's there, and I don't know what he's good if he's going to do anything at the combine or whatever. But the, when you do the interviews and you know taking all the tests, I mean, he's just a really sharp guy. I think he's got a passion for the game. People might ding him like he was crying after a loss. It's like he it hurts him. Like he does not want to lose those games. And you know his his mom has a you know a nail salon business, and he had painted his nails at different times. So I mean, there's little kind of shots, especially, you know, usually opponents would be taking uh, at Caleb Williams. But I think when you sit down and talk with him, if you're an NFL GM or whatever, head coaches, I mean, you're going to see that he's someone that just loves football. He's got a passion for the game. He studies the game and just wants to be a winner. He wants to be successful. He wants to, you know, he's good with teammates. I think he's not someone that's just going to be a prima donna in the locker room. I mean, if you watch the Holiday Bowl, like Dylan was celebrating Harder than, than when Miller Moss threw his, you know, six touchdown passes and Caleb Williams, who didn't play, was as happy for him as anybody. And so I think that's the kind of teammate and player he is. But the, I think for the NFL, it's really about being a competitor. He wants to get out there and compete. And I think he sees a guy like C.J. Stroud having a lot of success uh, his rookie season. And I think Caleb Williams is someone like, hey, I can go out and do that. I can go out and be in the at the end of the season, after my rookie year, be in the Pro Bowl skills competition all just like he did win a bunch of games make the playoffs that's the kind of attitude he has i think that's what's probably going to come out uh, when they do all those interviews and everything with him do you have a hunch on whether or not he'd want to come home and play in dc or not i, I mean he's mentioned it before and uh so I, I mean as far as like you know his home being there if there were some kind of opportunity some kind of trade or whatever i mean it's hard to imagine, you know, Chicago not taking him if they're going to go quarterback. But you know, I guess there's it's a possibility. Um, yeah, he's tried to stay away from anything of what we saw from like Eli Manning and you know that back in the day. Right. Just, you know, coming out there, I don't think he wants to disparage any potential landing spot. But I mean, I, I, I'm guessing if there was an opportunity to play back home and go there would be a great storyline and they're probably good for the nfl and good for washington and the whole new staff there and good for caleb so i i think it would work and i think you'd be happy about that uh if, it, if there's some way it was able to work out like that you know I, I think you just made a really um interesting comment because i think there will be a lot of scrutiny of caleb williams there already has with respect to some of the things that you mentioned there has with respect to the you know discussion of equity etc there's been discussion of whether or not he wants to be in chicago Eli Manning and his father did not want him playing for the Chargers in in an A.J. Smith-run organization. They got their wish and ended up in New York, and Phillip Rivers ended up in San Diego. John Elway had baseball, and the Yankees is leveraged back in the 83 draft, but he did not want to play in Baltimore uh, and and force Baltimore to trade that overall number 1 pick to Denver. Uh, so this would not be, you know, unprecedented if Caleb Williams did have a strong preference and tried to leverage it. Although the leverage at this point is gone because he's committed to the NFL draft um, and he's not, you know, a two sport star. But uh, Eli uh, got out of uh, San Diego as well. Um, we are talking to Ryan Abraham. Uh, Ryan covers USC football. So, you know, you know college football, you know what. And I, I, I said at the beginning of the show, Cliff Kingsbury's been an influence. He's been an influence, and he's been influenced by some of the best, starting with Mike Leach. Um, we saw him as a head coach in Arizona with Kyler Murray. Uh, what kind of offense do you think we are going to see with Kingsbury? Is it going to be full-on air raid, or is it going to be something that adapts to the talent and is more NFL-esque? Yeah, that's going to be interesting to kind of see because I, I think – when you're seeing some of these air raid offenses and you hear uh, some of the analysts talk about it, they don't like it or whatever. And, you know, I don't think that was like what sort of doomed him uh, in Arizona, but I think having athleticism at the quarterback spot, it seemed to work out, you know, with the Kyler Murray, you know, I think you can put up some 
some pretty big numbers, but I feel like it's going to be, um, you know, where they're going to throw the ball around. You're going to have, uh, you know, options with the quarterback to be able to take off and run. Uh, and, and, but also have a strong running game going with it as well. Just kind of be uh, my guess. I think some of these coaches, I think Lincoln Riley's the same way. Um, you know, he had a bunch of thousand yard rushers when he was at Oklahoma and you like to kind of see that you want to have a ground game to put on. I think, I think Mike Leach was doing it in a way that almost nobody else was where you were hardly ever running the ball. You were never using tight ends. Uh, but I, a lot of his kind of disciples have been, you know, adaptations of that where they're not, yes. it's, it's not, you know, 75% passing and stuff. So I think you're going to see some kind of hybrid, but my guess would be like the athleticism at quarterback would probably be a, a part of it. If that's an opportunity for him uh, in Washington. Really appreciate the time uh, and, and the insight on Cliff Kingsbury and Caleb Williams, Ryan Abraham, everybody give him a follow on X on Twitter at inside Troy um sc football is a big deal when it's going well uh in southern california thanks ryan so much thanks for thanks for having me on yeah uh all right we'll do some denton news uh touch on a few things we haven't touched on sam fortier will join us at 10 35 sam wrote a story a lengthy story a few years ago on cliff kingsbury again 2 30 today the press conference introducing Dan Quinn, and there may be other announcements as well. Uh, we will carry that here live. Uh, so listen to us all day long, including that live press conference at 2.30. It's Kevin Sheehan Show. We're on the Team 980, the Team980.com. We're also free and live on the Odyssey app. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event now get zero percent apr or up to 1500 bonus cash on the hyundai tucson now during the hyundai getaway sales event offers end soon call 562-314-4603 for details Hitting the news you might have missed. It's Denton's Daily News. All right, Denton, what do you got? All right, so it was a big-time weekend. Do you want to start with uh, Brad's performance yesterday against the sure. uh, the Wizards? He went for 43, and, and the Suns beat down the Wizards. They didn't. It felt like they didn't miss a shot in the first quarter. I know. Yeah, um, look, I mean, Bradley Beals actually played some pretty good basketball for Phoenix recently, and the Suns – have really been rolling um, here recently uh, as well. And for Beal to come home and that for, for him to have um, the biggest game of the year for him, uh, and to do it, by the way, in 31 minutes. The dude went 16 of 21 from the floor, 4 for 5 from behind the arc, 7 for 7 from the free throw line, had 43 points in 31 minutes. And Phoenix is 140 to 112. Um, I did not really watch this game. I'd be lying if I told you I did. But I am assuming they came into this game and Durant and Booker and 
and and Nurkic and and all of them said uh, we're going to get Brad a big game because we can't lose to this team. This team is embarrassingly bad. We can beat them seventeen different ways, but today we're going to choose to beat them with Bradley getting the majority of the shots and trying to get a big night. Um, Brad's had some good games uh, this year when he got healthy and started playing. He had a, a stretch where he had like thirty-seven, twenty-five, and twenty-five, and like a, a five-game span. Um, and uh, thirty-seven was his season high. Um, had that against the Lakers back in early January, but uh, last yesterday was was the day. Uh, Forty-three points, six assists, two rebounds, just two turnovers for Bradley in thirty-one minutes. And the Suns hammered the Wizards 140 to 112. Um, he said afterwards, quote, I guess I know this gym a little bit, uh, <laughs> closed quote. Uh, yeah, he does. Um, and, uh, and there you go. Um, they, they, def- they, they went Brad, and Brad delivered against the Wizards. Good for him that he's playing well. I think he's in the perfect spot. He is the number three scoring option on a really good basketball team. He's not the number one. He's not even the number two. But he's the number three, and he's a hell of a third scoring option for a competitive team, a team that can contend. That's what he is in Phoenix, and it suits him well. Uh, The key for him, obviously, is to be healthy, but can you imagine how easy it is to play off of Durant and Booker on that team? Uh, What else? So Belichick did get hired this coaching cycle, Kevin. Round of applause. It is not uh, Bill Belichick. It is instead Steve Belichick, who has accepted a defensive coordinator job at the University of Washington. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I've always wondered what it was that – um, you know, that Steve Belichick actually did in terms of his area of responsibility. That's been, you know, that defense, I'm not sure people understood how good New England was defensively this year. They were outstanding. Um, I think everybody always says, well, that's Bill, and it's Bill's schemes, and it's Bill's game plan. Um, but his son Steve has been on his staff for more than a decade 12 years as a defensive assistant, five as a defensive play caller. Um, and so here he goes, getting an opportunity to go to the to college. I think it's interesting that there were openings for defensive coordinator in the NFL. And I don't know, did he interview for any of the defensive coordinator uh, positions? Um uh, the sources at ESPN uh, did confirm that Steve and his younger brother Brian were offered chances to stay on under Mayo, the new head coach. Uh, but he wants to go join um, the you know the new the new staff uh, with Jed Fish at the University of Washington. Not a bad place to go. We'll see whether or not he can develop into something uh, big time on his own without his dad. Pebble Beach got a little wonky over this past weekend. Wyndham Clark won Pebble Beach, so congratulations to him. But the fourth round was was canceled. Not not exactly the greatest start to a uh, 2024 golf season. Uh, but congratulations to Wyndham Clark. Well, I mean, have you been following the weather situation in California? The the not this at all. storm, the the these hurricane force, borderline hurricane force, tropical force storm uh, storm winds. And the heavy rains. I have a question for you, though. Um, I-, I had somebody reach out to me late Saturday and say Wyndham Clark was still on their board at plus two hundred to win the tournament. Yeah, I understand that fifty. I've not. I I've I bet golf many times. I've not bet recently golf. Uh, I think I guys. I think I told you the only bet I bet recently was either football or Nebraska last week <laughs> against Wisconsin. But are you telling me that on Saturday, with the forecast being what it was, and the very you know strong possibility that this tournament was going to be ended after 54 holes, which does make it an official result? And by the way, if you had bet Wyndham Clark before the tournament, I understand 54 holes final result, you win that bet. Do you think I could have bet Wyndham Clark Saturday night plus 200? Yeah, you probably could have, which is kind of crazy to think about it, but you probably could have. That's kind of nuts that the uh, the books, or at least one book, still had it up there at that point. If the because I I didn't pay attention to the weather at all, so I didn't know that this was 
this was the reason why it was canceled, but if the bookmakers who were paying attention knew that this weather was going to be as bad as it was and still had that up, I mean, you got to take advantage of that one if they're going to give you that layup. I mean, I, I haven't followed up with my buddy, and I, I just kind of assumed that at that point that they were either going to limit it at the plus 200 number. I mean, I would assume that they had to limit the size of wagers, right? Yeah, I'm can't sure. Let, you can't let somebody come in with massive size on – you know, a, a, at least a, a better than 50-50 probability that the tournament's going to end with him in the lead? I don't know. I, I thought that that was strange, but um, if, if somebody's out there, tweet me at Kevin Sheehan DC and tell me that you bet Wyndham Clark at plus 200 or plus 180 or plus 220 or whatever you had it at late Saturday after the third round when he had a one-shot lead and it looked like there was a real good possibility that this tournament wasn't going to proceed beyond 54 holes. Because if you've turned on any news, the storms in California, thank God that the NFC Championship game wasn't this weekend because (laughs) Santa Clara is basically underwater. Um, All right, what else? All right, two more quick ones. Uh, Doc Rivers has been named Eastern Conference All-Star coach. How does that work? Just because Milwaukee is the – well, they're not even the best. Well, so Missoula can't be it because Boston was – I think he was the all-star coach last year. You can't be it twice in a row. Milwaukee has the second-best record, but I guess there's no rule in place for the NBA when a coaching change is made midseason because Doc has coached like literally four or five games at this point. I mean, he's been the official coach of the team for like two weeks, and now he's coaching in the all-star game. Whatever. Who cares? I mean – the Pro Bowl or whatever they call that thing yesterday was on, and I, I, I mean, I know some people were actually watching it. I, I don't, I, I love basketball more than anything. I'm not gonna. I, I haven't watched an NBA All Star game start to finish anyway, in years. I, I could care less who's coaching it. I just thought it was weird um, because I didn't think uh, I didn't realize Missoula wasn't uh, able to do it back to back years. All right, what else? All right, final thing here. Uh, By the way, what what is Milwaukee's record right now? Are they one and three with Doc as the um, coach? Yeah, they haven't they been, lost they haven't to Utah been yesterday. Yeah, they What'd haven't been, they haven't been winning a ton. They're they're on a one game losing streak. They're five and five in their last ten, so they're not. I know, exactly but I great. think he's one and three because wasn't the Denver game last week the first game that he coached in? Um, let me pull this up. Hold on, I believe Denver was when he started. Um. And then they went, you know, Lillard went back to Portland, and they lost to Portland by three. Yeah. You know, yeah, there there's a... been a lot. They're one and three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All-star coach. Uh, did you watch the Grammys last night at all? I did watch some of the Grammys, actually. Uh, yeah, I watched a little bit. I really watched one thing, and I've watched this one thing about six times already. Uh, Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs, I thought, stole the show. I missed the... that. Oh, I didn't watch it. it at the beginning. I wanted to actually – See Dua Lipa, who I actually think is drop dead gorgeous and and very talented, but I I missed the first hour of the show. All right, so you got to go watch Dua Lipa's performance because I believe she kicked the show off. Yeah, but then the the duet of Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs uh, with Fast was Car was amazing. Really? I love that song. So uh, Luke Combs done a really good rendition of it, but Tracy Chapman apparently she hasn't been on tour since two thousand and nine, and this was like her first public. Uh, performance in years, and she crushed it last night. If you haven't seen it, you got to go check it out. I haven't really followed any of the reactions to it, but just was there any reaction to Jay Z's moment up oh, there? Where he shaded everybody because Beyonce's never won an award. Yeah, yeah because she's never won Album of the Year. Yeah, I mean she's got more Grammys than I guess anybody else, other than Taylor Swift, maybe. But she didn't win Al- Album of the Year, and he just started. I don't know. I thought it was a bit odd, and I love him. It was it was a bit odd. It, it was weird when Kanye did it. It was weird when Jay Z did it. Fifteen years later. Yeah. The other thing too, I'm going to tell you right now, because um, I, you know, I, I I've told everybody this before, but my middle son and his girlfriend they have a band, and they actually got voted number one band in D.C. for 2023. Um, but. Uh, they, you know, a lot of the newer stuff, uh, that's where I get it from. I get it from them. And they have loved Olivia Rodrigo for like three years. Her performance last night of that song, Vampire, was excellent. Excellent. 
didn't you think? And uh, I, I missed that. Billie Eilish. I'm a fan of Billie Eilish. I missed her performance, but I heard she was great. I did see Billie Eilish's performance. I love hers. She had a very good performance. I have not watched Olivia Rodrigo's performance. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not necessarily my favorite music. I mean, because it, it's true pop for the most part, but she's been killing it for a couple of years, and I guess the new album, but I thought it was a really good performance. Now, let me just tell you, God bless Joni Mitchell, um, legend, Um, and I'm so glad that she's healthy enough to come out and perform in a big old chair last night, but they should have shortened... They should have shortened the the uh, the whole thing up a little bit with Joni Mitchell. It was you know, um, SZA's uh, uh, her acceptance was my favorite. She was so genuine and so moved <laughs> when she ran onto the stage after taking a shot yeah. backstage. <laughs> yeah, and um, and I told you that that band Boy Genius with Phoebe Bridgers they won like four awards, but I don't think any of them were on the show last night. They're excellent too. Um, and she did something I think with SZA. Uh, all right, what else? Anything else? Let's get to Sam Fortier next. Kevin Sheehan show the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All right, 2.30 today, the introductory press conference for one Dan Quinn. I think we will learn a lot about the other hires as well, but we'll carry it live right here on the Team 980. So tune in for that. Again, 2.30 today, live Dan Quinn's introductory press conference. The four, you know, the two big hires that we have been talking about all year long and then kind of that next tier of two important hires, they're all done. Uh, Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, Cliff Kingsbury, and Joe Witt Jr. Um, and now we focus on the roster here uh, coming up in March. Uh, other coaches will be named to the staff, obviously. Uh, jumping on with us right now is our good friend Sam Fortier from the Washington Post. And I reached out to Sam because I read over the weekend Sam's story about Cliff Kingsbury from The Ringer back in 2017 when Sam was working for Bill Simmons's Ringer. Um, he joins us right now, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline, at Sam4TR on Twitter. So uh, let's just start with Cliff Kingsbury. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I, I think it's a, a good hire. I think you should be – fans should be cautiously uh, optimistic. I think that he's a guy who – has experience as a, as a head coach, obviously, nine seasons across Arizona and Texas Tech. Uh, he comes in, I think, with, with a track record of, of having good offenses, you know, roughly uh, between 11th and 16th um, for those first three years before, you know, kind of bottoming out after Kyler got hurt in Arizona. Um, I think he, you know, he knows how to design uh, a good offense. You know, when I was in Lubbock, uh, that was one of the things that he was focused on. He, he just, his brain is so geared towards offense that some of his defensive players felt, Hey, the head coach is, is not, you know, valuing our defense. He's not rooting for us to practice, giving us time in the building. So he was trying to 
uh, amend that. He was trying to spend more time with the defense. And obviously things didn't work out in Texas Tech. But uh, I think that, you know, he, he is probably best suited in an offensive-only role. You know, you saw that a little bit last year at USC. But I think that this is going to maximize Cliff's strengths. Yeah, because he's not the head coach. By the way, you didn't have to play that much defense in the Big 12 during those years or during any years. But one of the things that you wrote about, and I have heard over the last two days from people who knew, who know Cliff Kingsbury, media people um, who I know that have dealt with him in, uh, on the college football front, say that the work ethic is incredible. Uh, look, there's a reason a guy like this with his actual overall resume of wins and losses keeps getting hired again over and over again. There's something really impressive about him. So how much of it is just offensive prowess and talent and how much of it is, and maybe you can speak to it, just his relentless work ethic? Both. When I was in Lubbock, I was there because I was doing a story about college football team chaplains and their role <laughs> kind of in, in the development. And, and it just so happened that I was there talking to Texas Tech. Shout out to Bobby Dagnall, uh, who's a great guy. Uh, enjoy getting to know him. And then I was in the building uh, because Texas Tech you know, said, hey, you can have pretty much free range. And I ended up spending time with Cliff and some of his people. And, and that, this was kind of a second story that I wrote out of that trip. Oh. And one of the things that people um, – said to me over and over was, oh, you know, Cliff's always the first one in the building. He gets here so early. He gets here at 4 a.m. And I was there for a week. And so I said, you know what? I've heard this enough times that I'm just going to show up at the, at the building uh, and, see, and see if he actually is there at 4 a.m. And so one day, you know, I, uh, I walked down the street, probably about a half mile, and it was like 3.45, 4 o'clock, something like that. And at 4.06 a.m., in comes this white Escalade, and, and out comes Cliff Kingsbury. And he really was the, the first one there, and, and we walked into the building and went into the weight room, and <laughs> he, uh, he offered me a coffee, and I said, you know, I'm good. I don't drink coffee, and he was like – he kind of nodded, and he was like, tiger's blood, and uh, I've never heard anything like that before or since, but the work ethic, uh, to speak to that, and, and one more note on that, he's a guy that believes in the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours principle, so he, he portioned out his day where he was watching three hours of film per day, and I remember he, he told me he was kind of frustrated because he realized when he became a head coach that if he was going to watch three hours a day, it was going to take him like 10 years to get to 10,000 hours or something like that. So the work ethic, uh, I think, is for real, for sure. Um, so one of the things that I was thinking about, and my, my position, by the way, and I want to get to yours here momentarily, but I'm I'm in benefit of the doubt mode, and I don't have a problem with any of these hires. But one of the things that I think is curious is that there was at least at the you know at the very least there was interest in Ben Johnson and the kind of offense that Ben Johnson was running and calling in Detroit, and that's not what Cliff Kingsbury is as an offensive coordinator. So they went from sort of an interest in Ben Johnson's offensive style to Cliff Kingsbury. What do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, I think that they are certainly different schematically, probably most notably um, in terms of shotgun uh, usage. Cliff uses right. it a ton. Ben Johnson is lower. And I think that there's you know something we can get into there in a minute. Um, but I, I think that, like, I'm not married to one offensive system. I'm not married to one solution, particularly if you have designs to go get a quarterback that has comfort with Cliff. And I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. But in Caleb Williams. But I mean, for me, it's, do you trust this offensive mind to get the most out of your talent? And if, if you think that Cliff Kingsbury and Ben Johnson as guys are, you know, capable of doing that, I have no problem with, with the way that they can do it. Let's talk about those uh, more specifically. Um, this is an offense, you know, the offense that he certainly coached Case Keenum and Johnny Manziel and Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes and to a lesser extent Caleb Williams this year because it was not that necess- it wasn't that offense necessarily under Lincoln Riley, but there were a lot of components to it that were similar. So at the NFL level, can you be in shotgun ninety percent of the time? That I don't know. And that is a really good question because Earlier this year, Greg Olson was talking on Twitter about, hey, look at the young quarterbacks who have had success this year. That's Jordan Love. It's C.J. Stroud. It's Brock Purdy. Those guys get under center center. on first and second down because it makes it easier to pass. If you can sell a hard 
run action and a play action pass, that helps those guys. It creates bigger windows. And obviously that goes without saying the game planning that, that you know, Shanahan and those other guys do. There are other offenses, you know, most notably probably in Philly, where if you get in gun and you have that soft play action, it's, it's less effective and it asks your quarterback to do a ton. And I, in just a very cursory look last night, I was wondering who are some young quarterbacks who you've seen in gun you know, 80, 85 plus percent of the time, because the lowest rate Cliff Kingsbury had in Arizona was 88%. So I was looking, who is a young quarterback who looked good in the gun that often? There aren't too many examples. One of them is Kyler Murray, obviously, who was with Cliff. Anthony Richardson in like 200-something snaps last year. There's there's not a really strong track record, um, but that's just because a lot of people aren't in gun that often. Um, what were the highest percentages of gun? I mean, last year, Anthony Richardson, in his, like, 200-something snaps, it was at 96%, which is mm-hmm. an insane number. Um, but, I mean, that I, that's the only one that, that jumps out to me now. But I think that's something... Was that's Gardner Minshew in the same, in shotgun, at, at, a, at a super high level as well in, in Steichen's first year there or not? Not as high as that. Uh, I was only looking at young quarterbacks, so I, I didn't look at the okay. Minshew splits. Okay. Um because I'm just thinking about what it was for Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts slashed in, in 22. Yeah, it was something like 92%. It was really high. Yeah. Um, so let's talk quarterback, and we're talking to Sam Fortier from the Washington Post. So, you know, just your hunch. You, you did spend a lot of time, and I would urge people to just go to Sam's uh, Twitter you know, X account, and he links – to the story that he wrote that is very well done on Cliff Kingsbury. And we find out here today that that wasn't the intent. The intent was to write a story about college team chaplains, but somehow it ended up in a very good um, story about Cliff Kingsbury at the time. So what quarterback do you think he's going to prefer? I mean, everybody obviously is making the connection to Caleb Williams, but they they may not have a chance to get Caleb Williams. To, and, and to be clear, I did still write the college football team chaplain story. Both it was it was two stories came out of that. Um, well, which but, one was better? Do I do I really want to go back and find the team team chaplain story? Should I just <laughs> stick with the one that you wrote about Kingsbury? For our conversation, for your for for what works right now, I think I think Kingsbury is important. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a good question. Uh, who he prefers? I have not done a super deep dive into the specifics of Daniels May Williams yet. I've been focused on the <laughs> the playoffs and the coaching search, which have, have kept me plenty busy. But I will say this. I think that everybody is going to assume Caleb, and I think that I get it. That's, it's fair. Um, but I would point out that Phil Longo, the former North Carolina right. uh, offensive coordinator, also ran an air raid offense very similar to Kingsbury's. And Drake May came up in that system. Um, you know, Sam, Sam Howell, Howell obviously played in that system. Um, so I, I think that, you know, it, it's not necessarily a slam dunk if they go get Caleb, but I, I think that if you're asking if they stay at two, if Caleb goes one, who would, who would Kingsbury prefer? I, I do think May is an attractive option there. Yeah, but Jaden Daniels would be too. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean – I, I mean, think, for, I think, for the same reasons. I mean, he, Brian Kelly was not – this was not an air raid system at LSU, but I, I would imagine – well, I, let me just ask, do you think that there's any chance – because Phil – I've had Phil on the show multiple times going back to when they drafted Sam Howell. Phil's now the offensive coordinator with Luke Fickle at Wisconsin. He was with um, – uh, he was he, he was in Carolina in Chapel Hill for a couple of years. Phil's one of the real respected offensive minds in in college football, and he loves Sam Howell. Like he was a look. They're all going to be a believer of their guys, but he said, "Here's what you do with him. This is how he can have great success at the NFL level." What was interesting is he actually didn't talk about his offense. He talked about more West Coast. He felt West Coast in quick quick game was going to be Sam's, you know, ticket to, you know, an NFL career. Um, but I wonder if there will be any interest in Sam Howell. Absolutely. I mean, there, there should be. Uh, I think that, you know, he showed some flashes last year, but I don't think with, when you look at the whole body of work that Sam put on the field last year, uh, I, I don't think that, that you can go into 
this season and say, hey, this is the guy that we're, we're riding with. I mean, especially when you are picking this high in the draft with a quarterback class like this. I mean, I think that you have to take a shot on another guy that can be a franchise quarterback, that can be a difference maker for many, many years. I think we're talking to Sam Fortier. I think one of the interesting things coming up, and I don't know if we'll know for sure, but how these decisions will be made and whose voice will matter the most. I would imagine Cliff Kingsbury is going to have a big voice in the who's our quarterback and how do we go about acquiring that quarterback here in the offseason. Do you agree or disagree? That Cliff will have a big voice? Yeah. In the yeah, quarter- absolutely. And, and absolutely. who they go get to play quarterback for them next year. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, this is going to have to be, I mean, ownership will be involved to, to some level. Obviously you hope it's not to the level that it was under the previous regime, but I mean, this is going to be a, a, a Peters Quinn Kingsbury um, decision. I, I, I would imagine. And I think that Cliff's voice, particularly, you know, having been around the quarterbacks, he's been around, you listed them earlier. That's, it's going to be a big deal. All right. Uh, haven't asked you um, your reaction to Dan Quinn. I, I think it's, Better than I feel like the than than most people have have said. I think it was you know a, a solid hire. I know that it probably would have been more attractive to go get a younger, hypier candidate in in terms of Ben Johnson or Mike McDonald. But uh, I see Dan Quinn and Ron Rivera as as very different. Um, even though I know that some of their biographical details are the same, um, I think Quinn's ability, particularly in Dallas, like we've seen over the last couple of years the way that he moved Micah Parsons around and was able to use his personnel and use his scheme to maximize his personnel, I think is a, is a really cool thing. Um, and so I imagine that, that um, I know why people were disappointed or underwhelmed. Um, but like you said, I'm in benefit of the doubt mode and, and, you know, I'm willing to see how it goes. Why do you think uh, other than resume, you know, NFC South champs losing in the Super Bowl, you know, you know, Ron's record actually was a little bit better um, than Dan Quinn's as a head coach, defensive guys, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I've, ma- I've made the point that the massive difference is that Ron Rivera came in to work for Dan Snyder and Dan Quinn isn't. And Dan Quinn got hired to be the coach, not to be what Ron Rivera was hired to be. But you said that you think there were more differences other than just resume. What are they? Yeah, I, I think, you know, they're at probably a different point in their careers. I think, you know, Dan Quinn is, I, I mean, I think that the Dan Snyder part is a huge part of it as well, right? Um, and I think that what's not on his plate is, is a huge deal. And the fact that, you know, you have Adam Peters, I think that Dan Quinn is, is a guy who is probably going to be able to focus more on football and, and bring more energy that way. So I, I just, I don't know. I see them as, as different guys and, and I'll probably have uh, more to say after uh, the two thirty press conference. Do you think Ron Rivera is going to work this coming season? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a really interesting question. I mean, I know he's uh, in play in Dallas and, um, I think that uh, I get why he would be an attractive fit for, for Mike McCarthy, especially going into, you know, what could be a lame duck year. So, um, but I don't know. I mean, the defense, particularly down the stretch, you could say it was personnel. You could say it was, you know, there was just too much gone by the time Ron was calling defensive plays. But um, I, I, I really don't know. What do you think? I I didn't think he was going to want to, and now I think he kind of wants to because I think he's sensitive to the criticism that he got while he was here and how it ended, and he wants an, a chance to kind of prove that he can still do it. Uh, but the results with him as the defensive head coach or the defensive coordinator once Jack left weren't you know weren't that good either. Um, I don't know. I can't imagine he's going to be a defensive coordinator. I think if if anything, he's a linebackers coach with an associate head coach title somewhere yeah i i could i could see that but um i I think that i agree with a lot of what you just said and uh but if if he ends up in dallas what a uh what a matchup that will be um particularly given uh how how dallas has played washington the last couple years yeah for sure um really appreciate you doing this enjoyed the story from now seven years ago uh, on Cliff Kingsbury, but great insight. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, man. Thanks for making me feel old on the way out. (laughs) See ya. Um, You know, one of the things you got to look at, too, when you sign somebody like a Cliff Kingsbury who was just in the NFL just a few years ago is you look at some of the players that were still 
on that are still on his t- former team that are potentially available uh, via unrestricted free agency. I mean, he's going to have a real good feel for Caleb Williams, the college quarterbacks. He'll also have a good feel for some of the free agents that are out there. There's there's some incremental benefit that comes with Cliff Kingsbury beyond just his work ethic and his offensive uh, mind. All right, um, 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. We'll go open phones now, all right, give you a chance to weigh in. We now know it's Quinn, it's, it's Kingsbury, it's Joe Witt Jr. Uh, as the defensive coordinator. Uh, what do you make of it? Randy Mueller will be our guest at 1235, but we're going open phone lines for your reaction, really specifically to the Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt Jr. hire. Look, Joe Witt Jr. is going to be the defensive coordinator, but working for a defensive head coach. The two of them have worked together for the last four seasons, three in Dallas, one in Atlanta, somebody that clearly Quinn is comfortable with. Uh, and the the bigger hire is the offensive coordinator uh, because that's not what the head coach does. Your reaction to it, 301-230-0980. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.